it is 11.21 p.m. on Friday, June 23rd, 2023. And this is Basketball This Week Done Quickly. Pretty pretty rare Friday episode. Uh, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Friday episodes happen too often. But uh, it is the NBA draft post day, day after. Uh, I didn't jump in into it uh, just because there was, I was there was enough things happened before the draft that uh, I just wanted to to make sure things were settled before I hopped in uh, and did did a post draft podcast. In fact, uh, let's talk about the things that happened ahead of time. Uh, there, Porzingis was trade trade. Porzingis was trade. Uh, Porzingis was traded to the Boston Celtics uh, for Marcus Smart and three picks. But of course, it didn't start out that way. Initially, it looked like it was a three-team trade with the Clippers, where the Clippers received Malcolm Brogdon and the Celtics received Porzingis and Still not, still not totally clear what the Wizards uh, received in that one. Uh, it wasn't ever quite made clear. Uh, that trade fell apart. Uh, apparently, the Clippers did not like something about Brogdon's medicals. It's unfortunately been a a long story for Brogdon. Uh, <laughs> teams have been worried about his medicals for who who knows how many years, but uh, maybe for good reason because he does he does not. Uh, does not make it through the season usually, but uh, for what you know, that trade was canceled. So apparently there was a time crunch, and because of that time crunch, uh, that Porzingis still had to be traded that night, and there was a, a big flurry to get the trade done, and they did. Uh, they got the trade done with with Memphis Grizzlies instead, and it ended up being Marcus Smart who went with uh, who went to. Who went to the Grizzlies uh, for Tyus Jones and a uh, couple couple picks? It's unclear where the picks are coming from <laughs> uh, because this could still all be a part of the Phoenix trade. I'm sure right, you go look it up if you're really curious. Uh, it's a it's a interesting trade, a very interesting trade. Uh, Tyus Jones is he, and he's he's Washington bound, by the way. Uh, he is one of the more popular backup point guards in the league. There are many who think he could be a starting point guard. And we may see it this year. We may see it in Washington. Because uh, they they have several guards. <laughs> one of them is going to have to be... They have several backup point guards. So one of them is going to have to be the starting point guard. Very popular guy in in Memphis. But not as popular as Marcus Smart was for Boston. They uh, Celtics fans are quite distraught that Marcus Smart has been has been moved to moved to Memphis. At least some, some are, uh, most are. <laughs> I I get it. Like it's it's hard it's hard to envision the the Celtics functioning without Marcus Smart the past couple years. Uh, just, just because there were so many moments where like the Tatum and Brown train kind of derailed and uh, Marcus Smart started, 
<laughs> this analogy sucks. But Marcus Smart started driving the, the derailed train. <laughs> I get, you know, I guess it, I guess it's not that bad because if you ever if you watched it happen and you watch uh, these playoff games with you know super super mega stars like Tatum and Brown and uh, Marcus Smart uh, touching the ball the whole fourth quarter and taking all the shots and hey you know. And if the other guy's fine with it too, <laughs> so so it is kind of like a derailed train in a way. But it's if you if you believe in team culture, it's it, you can't deny it. Like uh, Marcus Smart was Boston Celtics team culture, and <laughs> uh, Porzingis is not a guy known for for culture uh, in the NBA. So you can get why Celtics fans are a little a little miffed at this. But in the end, they got Porzingis and they got paid to take Porzingis. So, it's a it's a good trade on paper. Uh, if you if you want to tell me that you don't like it, I'm not gonna make fun of you. But uh, it is a it is a good trade on paper for the the Celtics. Uh, it's a little it it could be a little bit rougher for Memphis. I get it. Like uh, it it is also a trade on, for Memphis that I think works on paper. I think it works a little bit more in reality too. Like if if you don't have Dylan Brooks. Uh, but you still want somebody to take a lot of shots who doesn't make a lot of shots. Like if this is a core part of your identity as the Memphis Grizzlies, they, they managed to find a better version of that type of player. Uh, <laughs> like I, I've heard some people describe this as uh, as oh Marcus Smart uh, does the role of both Den, uh, both uh, Dylan Brooks and and Tyus Jones. And no, uh, no Tyus Jones like one of the Tyus Jones strengths. Is that he's very good at like balancing the offense and like knowing, knowing when this person needs touches or that person needs needs touches to stay engaged. Uh, that that is not <laughs> that the 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 person that Marcus uh, Smart thinks needs touches is Marcus Smart. Which hey, I mean that's that is that is what Dylan Brooks did. Uh, but you're not gonna you're not gonna see that uh, you aren't gonna see that uh, seamless offense management uh, from Marcus Smart. But he is a he is older than Dylan Brooks. He is more of a uh, he's good guy, good culture guy, very popular uh, around the league. Everybody loves him, and I think they'll they'll love him in Memphis. Uh, so, you know, a lot of fans already do because hey, they have the last two defensive players of the year, uh, the last two defensive players of the year who won uh, the award, even though Anthony Davis was the best defender. Uh, <laughs> so. Hey, you know what? It's good to have both those guys. You want to have both of them, <laughs> but it's 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 a move that makes sense for them, kind of. It's a move that makes sense for them once Jaw is back. If you think about when Jaw isn't there, it's kind of harder to see it. But that that's only going to be twenty twenty five to twenty. It's maybe down to twenty games. Um, maybe they're pretty confident that they're going to be able to re- reduce that that suspension even more more than that and they don't think it's that big of a deal maybe they're just confident in uh Luke Kennard's ability to run an offense or Marcus Smart's ability to run an offense uh for three weeks or a month or a month and a half depending on where that suspension actually ends up being uh it makes sense it makes sense this is a, a, a this is one of those trades that's probably going to work out best for everybody Maybe <laughs> I'm not like I don't I don't totally see I don't see 
I don't see Porzingis. I don't see how he fits totally in Boston. Uh, but he he did have a good year last year. Uh, you may you may say that he is a looter in a riot. <laughs> I'm gonna say that. I it's a term I don't like to say, uh, but I'll say it about a a giant white guy. <laughs> I'll I'll say that giant white guy is a looter in a riot because uh, he uh, he he. Let's let's just say there were not a lot of other scoring options for Washington uh, much at a time. But he did play the whole season, which is or he did play 65 games, which is enough. Uh, it's enough. It's a good amount of games. Uh, speaking of Anthony Davis, I'd be happy if Anthony Davis played 65 games. Uh, so, I, you know, Porzingis had uh, a healthy enough season. Then if you uh, factor in that he, 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 he was still hitting the three at a pretty good level for his size so, and for his position. So he had a good year. Uh, but he is significantly slower than he used to be. And he was never that fast to begin with, but he's very slow now. And when you look at Boston, uh, Boston did do a lot of walk-up offense during during the regular season at times. But if, like, if you look at their playoff profile, uh, they were the team that got out and transitioned the second most often. And uh, it doesn't make sense to get out and transition while... Porzingis is on the t- on the floor, and then after he gets off the floor, Al, Al Horford is off, off the floor. There's the minutes where there's not a uh, kind of slow guy in the floor are are not there, especially since that team also has Robert Williams, who should actually be the center that's playing on that team. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't. So yeah, I guess it doesn't make total sense for for Boston, but also if you if you said that they got two two uh, first round picks for Marcus Smart. It's you just look at it like that. It's it's a win. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I, I, like I said, I think Marcus Smart is a great player, a great person, but uh, he is a role player and uh, he is on a large contract. And getting two firsts for him is pretty good. So uh, if you just look at it like that, Boston won. But they also got Porzingis, who they want, who's the person they want in this trade. After that, those dominoes fell. And then we had the Chris Paul trade. Uh, he was traded, or the second Crest Padre, I'm sorry. Uh, he was traded to to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole. It's uh, pretty easy just to look at this as a salary dump for, like a high-class salary dump. I think Brian Winhurst is, is what he called it, a high-class salary dump. Uh, but I think, I think it's more than that. I think Chris Paul is a, a player who could uh, give the Warriors the variety that they've been missing. Uh, pretty much since since KD left, uh, the, this is a team that had variety, uh, a variety of ways to score when when Steve Kerr first got there, and as the years have have kind of whittled down, and as they've kind of made moves to try to stay near contention, they've had to strip a lot of that variety away. And uh, Chris Paul is a player who adds variety to them. Now Jordan Poole uh, was great in their style as their style was. The year before last, uh, in the championship run, he was he was a very good player. He was a key member of their of their title, but um, he was very bad last season. So, if you don't think you if you like you you were worried that you weren't going to be able to get that that recommitment to him to be good, and like who could blame him? Like he got punched in the face by a guy and got on TV, and people made fun of him for uh, they're still making fun of him. <laughs> so. You can understand how he may, he may need that change of scenery. 
Uh, but he had a very bad season last year, so uh, replacing him and like the long-term money inc- inc- uh, inclination, inc- not inclinations, implications. There we go. Words hard. Uh, but anyway, the long-term money implications of Jordan Poole's contract with Chris Paul's very team-friendly, very flexible contract. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, for Washington, it you know they got something out of this. They got paid. They got paid going in, and they got paid going out. So it makes makes sense for them. It's a good. Uh, Wizards are doing great. <laughs> They're just doing great as far as like clearing the books and getting ready to tank. They're doing great. And I bet Jordan Poole is probably going to play great in Washington. Just I don't think he's going to be like like I've heard people be. Oh yeah, he's going to just score a billion points. I don't think it's going to be quite like that. But I think he's going to. He's gonna have a a nice role there, and uh, can and add to a team that has a has a real opportunity to be fun. <laughs> Maybe not good, but fun. And you know what? The Wizards have been have been a fun team for the most part. Uh, every other year, <laughs> for the last ten years. Last year they were completely unwatchable, uh, but this year they'll be fun again. Uh, the year before last year they were. Uh, was the, was the was that the Westbrook? Okay, maybe it's every every three years the Wizards put a fun team on the floor, uh, but the, they were really fun when they had Westbrook too. And uh, so yeah, yeah, this is this is another team uh, that Washington is going to be able to sell some tickets because they should play some fun basketball. So it works for both sides. <laughs> that was all before the draft. Uh, the draft. I'm not going to do a grade. Uh, a team by team grade. I just like I, I don't. Not only do I not believe it, those I, I like. I always look at them and like the same writers. Uh, <laughs> just the same writers give the same teams the same grades every year. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Kevin Pelton is going to give the Lakers a C every year, even though the Lakers uh, manage to uh, do great in the draft every year. He's going to give him a C every year. That's just that's just what he does. And like Kevin Pelton, he's even a Lakers hater. Uh, he just, that's just what he, that's just one that comes to mind. He just gives them a C every year. Uh, there, then, then other guys give him an A every year. It's, it's, a, it's so, I was trying to remember. There's another guy who just gives them an A every year, no matter what they do. They definitely haven't had an A draft every year. <laughs> so, uh, it's, uh, so in long, long story short, I'm not going to, not going to do grades, but uh, I'll just talk about some of the big stories. Uh, the big stories is that Dallas like just killed it. Like Dallas had a, had a mission, uh, and they completed that mission. It uh, they they wanted to to cut some salary. They wanted to get a good player in this draft, and they wanted to like just re- shuffle the deck in a way that gave them some flexibility. And they did those things. Uh, they. Ended up making a trade uh, from ten to twelve, and uh, got Derek Lively, the second or is it the third? Uh, but Derek Lively, good, and he's a player who could be, he could be uh, the the big man for Luca. Uh, maybe not next year, maybe not next year, but uh, in in the near future, he could be the type of guy who just really compliments Luca very well, and. It also opened up the MLE for Dallas, so now that they they should be able to add a good free agent to the team to help uh, help their much 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 needed uh, depth. That's not that wasn't an English sentence, but trust me, 
<laughs> they they need to get their depth. Um, really, Texas just killed it. It was a it was a good Texas day. I'm counting I'm counting Oklahoma as Texas because why not? <laughs> Sorry, uh, but yeah, it was a it was a good day. Like you know, Spurs got Wimby. Uh, it looked like they also had Leonard Miller for at least a minute. If you weren't following the trades, uh, which that was very intriguing to me. I think they should have. I think they should have backed out of that trade. They should have kept Leonard Miller because uh, putting him next to Wimby would have been quite, quite exciting to me. Uh, I don't know why other NBA teams didn't feel that way, but for me, that would have been very exciting. Uh, although he is going to Timberwolves, where I think he's going to do well. Uh, but yes, the Spurs—they they have Wimby, so they 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 did well. Uh, the Rockets managed to get the guy that they had projected that were they were projected to pick at number four for a long a long part of the year uh they managed to get him at 20 and also get the guy they wanted at four that's that's pretty good to get the guy you're projected to get and the guy that you wanted <laughs> like doing the, both those things is pretty good now it is houston and they ruin players and uh look out <laughs> but uh like Amin Thompson is a player who's going to need some development, and I don't know if he's going to get it in Houston. But uh, they do have a new coach, and maybe the new coach will kind of clean clean that clean that uh, that barn up. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, do you clean barns? I don't know. I'm sure you do. You have to clean the barn. Uh, but he uh, he'll, he'll hopefully he he's able to bring some real like professional development to to that team because they, they desperately need it. Uh, Jabari Smith is just languished last year and like there are the guys didn't get very much better. Uh, but if, if Houston has something, if like they can develop it, if they can develop it, they just, they have something they have, they have like, they could play the most unique, uh, basketball on any given night. If they wanted with all the young athletes they have, they just, they need to figure a way to get those guys to be like fully NBA pros. They're close, uh, but they they're not there, and they they need to be brought there. So, yeah, Houston, they did well. Yeah, good good day for for Texas and Oklahoma, who uh, got Case and Wallace, who's <laughs> my favorite, and they got a uh, they they uh, they did a trade uh, for for Bertans with Dallas and. It got them closer to the salary floor, <laughs> which hey, that's a that's a win for them, right? So, so yeah. Uh, Matt, the magic were confusing. It was it was hard to understand for me what they were doing. Uh, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest uh, Anthony Black fan. Uh, I in a in a year where I was not able to to watch as many prospects as like two years ago were. I was able just to kill the draft or three years ago in a year where I wasn't able to do that and just was able to, uh, just able to watch a little, uh, but he, Anthony black was one and Anthony black was one of the people that I was able to, to watch directly. So I, I just, I, I, I think he's good. I think he's going to be good, but I also don't, I, I think there's a good, I, I, he makes me very nervous, very nervous. Uh, people I trust are big believers in him, so I'm just gonna say I could be wrong here. But I, it just for me, it's like I didn't like the way that he stood. He held up defensively against 
uh, players that were his size. Uh, SEC is kind of a small league. It's not a, it's not the Big Ten where like it's their size is all just like not NBA. It's all wrong and <laughs> at every possession. It's not that. Uh, SEC is a little bit more, at least a little bit closer to like having NBA makeups for for teams, but the players are a little small. Uh, and it's when he he did face players that were his size or NBA size. I just I wasn't that impressed, and like the offense, there's there's no no shooting, no putting the ball into the basket in any way, uh, like off of drives or any of that. So it just makes me nervous. And then add Jet Howard into to that, who's a another player who I just like. He he does have that shooting, he does shoot, but it, everything else is kind of questionable as to what he he does uh, from a basketball perspective. Just because there's not a, there's not a lot of like dribbling, not a lot of passing, not a lot of shooting. Uh, Orlando has is is one of these teams that does their own thing, and they've been they've drafted well the past three or four years, so I'm gonna give them some benefit of the doubt. But uh, <laughs> if I was giving grades, it would not be very high for them. Uh, Cam Whitmore, they have to talk about that because he is somebody who if you if you talk to me over the last two weeks, I said. Uh, Hey, I have this guy at three. I have this guy at four. I ultimately had him. I ultimately had him at five, but that's just because I. That's just because I. I was. I was just. I was beaten down into into believing, in, in uh, the Thompson twins or at least Amen, and uh, Casey Wallace was, was like I really believe in Casey Wallace a lot. Uh, so, and Lennon Miller. So I guess I had Whitmore at at four, <laughs> if I'm at the end. Uh, well, no, I, I like I like Hendricks and I like Walker too. But anyway, Cam Whitmore was very high on on my on my personal board that I didn't write down. So, <laughs> um, it, so for him to fall so far was very strange for sure. Uh, there's a variety of of people who have tried to kind of explain why. There's some. Uh, mechanical aspects and some st- st- statistical aspects of his game that gives uh, some people some pause, and I guess that was enough for him to fall to fall to twenty. Uh, it should be it should be interesting to see because a lot of these guys who get like medical red flagged end up being being just fine. But if there's a bunch of other parts of this game that people weren't very high on, and if that's the reason they didn't draft them, like these guys know, they know more than they they have like models that I just don't have access to. I just all I have access to is like my own two eyes and watching these guys play. And I watched him play and was very impressed with it. Uh, he is a guy that I was able to to do a full full dive into, just like just like uh, like black. I was, you know. It was, there were like ten guys I was able to do good dives into, and he was one of them. And I, I just I liked him. I was very impressed with him as a player. Uh, but clearly the NBA saw something I did not. Uh, the Lakers did a trade on the day uh, with, for five million dollars to move up uh, four spots in the second. But they got they got a player there that was projected uh, in that was projected in the twenties in some mocks. So. Good for them. Uh, there's some people who are pretty critical of their pick of Huchifano. Huchifino, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know. Like He wasn't my number one. 
But when you were removing with guys like Bufkin and Hawkins off the board, uh, he was pretty cl- he was pretty close. He was like within the range of guys I would tolerate there. Uh, and he, you know, there was guys that I, there were a lot of guys I wanted to avoid. Uh, he was not one of them. He was somebody who I was quite a, who who I I was okay with. I was okay with. Uh, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this is not a fit that fits well next to LeBron." I think the the Lakers they very clearly need something going on uh, when LeBron is not on the floor. <laughs> like if you haven't watched them in the past uh, three years, they clearly need something else when LeBron is on the floor. Uh, so maybe them being able to run some pick and roll while he's off the floor would be be nice especially since austin reese is like a very good pick and roll player and now he doesn't really have like a pick and roll partner uh unless it's anthony davis and like you don't want to run anthony davis in a ton of pick and roll it puts him in a position to get injured uh too often so you don't want to do a lot of pick and rolls with with him so this gives austin reese somebody to to, uh pick and roll with assuming they bring austin reese back i guess that's not a safe assumption anymore because there's definitely some rumors that uh, San Antonio is going to try to max him. <laughs> At least that's what we're hearing. So, uh, it's uh, it, but it's it's something that makes sense to me for sure. So, and then Max Lewis is a guy who I would have hated if the Lakers would have taken him at 17, like some people projected. Uh, but at 40, I'm very happy with that. Uh, he is a he is like a uh, very thin, very wiry, very scory type of dude. It should be fun. And then they got a bunch of uh, undrafted free agents who I'm not going to pretend I'm very familiar with, but people are hyped on it. So, cool. Of course, also, we have to talk about Brandon Miller going number two uh, over Scoot Henderson. This is uh, this is definitely one of the bigger controversies from the draft. Uh, I'm not going to say it wasn't controversial to me. I definitely did not have Brandon Miller at two. But I... I got to say, I'm not sure where I had him. I I didn't write my uh, big board down because no one pays me to do that. To do that, <laughs> so and it's it's a lot easier to uh, to pretend in the future that you get everything right if you don't have anything written to <laughs> to prove you wrong. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I I don't think Brandon Miller was my number two, or I know he wasn't my number two. Uh, because he's, I, there's just, for me, there's just something missing. Uh, it's, it, he's, he's definitely a player who I think is, can, can be very good. And I know that he thinks he, he thinks he can be Paul George and maybe he can be. If he is, he's, he was worth the number two pick. Uh, there are some people who think he, he maybe he can be like a Chris Middleton type, uh, he will be a, a number two pick if if he's if he's that. But to me, uh, I just I just see Cam Johnson, uh, and if if you recall, I'm, I'm a big Cam Johnson fan. I'm somebody who uh, said that the that Cam Johnson should go top ten, um, or at least in the lottery. And uh, I was I defended Phoenix for picking out seven. It made sense to me. I'm. Not, I think Cam Johnson is a good player, and I think if if Brandon Miller is Cam Johnson, he will have a good NBA career, and he'll be a good player. It's just it's just rough for me at at two. It's just rough because I'm just 
like the the poor finishing and just just there's so many plays uh with within within Alabama's system that just didn't didn't involve him uh like they definitely they definitely found him that one night that he had 40 but for the most part they he just he wasn't like a takeover guy and there were times that Alabama needed some help during the season and like they tried to like they tried to push Miller into being that role and just it just didn't quite fit and for for a guy who is number who's number 2 I don't know that, that to me that was strange uh but if anyone was to to make this risk if anyone was to decide that this was that they knew better than what the group think was. If it's Mitch Kupchak, uh, yes, he can do that because Mitch Kupchak has been right where the group has been wrong many times in his career. And if he if he is absolutely sure that that Miller is is his guy, then you know what? Let's. I'll. I, if I was a Charlotte fan, I would ride with that. I would feel fine with that. Uh, Scoot definitely does look to me like he is a transcendent talent. Well, well, okay. So that's the problem is I don't actually think Scoot is a quote unquote transcendent talent either. I think Scoot has a possibility to be that. Uh, I think he has a very real possibility to that. Like he has so much upside and he's like, he's so explosive when he gets to the basket, when he gets to the basket though, like he's, uh, he definitely doesn't have, uh, he doesn't have that second. He doesn't have that burst, that burst gear that like guys like Derrick Rose uh, had, or guys like Ja Ja Morant have currently. He doesn't have that, so there's there's always kind of like a little bit of a worry, especially because because of the the size that uh, that maybe maybe he isn't he isn't actually that transcendent talent to me. Uh, <laughs> but even if that said, he was still clearly the second best guy in the draft as far as I'm concerned I would not have hesitated much to pick him number two but um, I'm not Mitch Kupchak I uh, I don't see these guys in, in multiple workouts I don't uh, go to 30 of the games I don't uh, have hours of film in the, in the games I'm not in I don't have an analytics department uh, getting me numbers like like that he does so so yeah like i'm saying if you're a hornets fan and you want to ride us this pick that's cool do that uh of course portland and their dame drama was a big big part of a uh, big part of the night uh personally i think that the best the best thing for dame lord would be to show up and play and, and play another year It'll be a lot easier to move that that deal for him next year, and if he can, like for Lillard to me, he is in a prove it phase of his career. Uh, like, like this is generally not something that most people think, but for me, like you can't you can't be that bad at defense, man. You can't be that bad defensively, and I need to like for him to like be a player who can win a title. Like I need to see more on that end, like a lot more. For me to like believe that he can do that without some, some sort of major thing happening, or him being uh, some team's second best player, like these are, like 
at him as a number one guy, I just I just don't see it. And I think he has a way to to look awesome though this year. Like because I don't like people people are like oh like wow, this is a statistical best season, and maybe so. Uh, but he was he was not moving that great if you actually watched him. He was moving kind of slow, and he had a lot of uh, he had a lot of misses that were like legit misses that were. Uh, let's just say maybe the ref thought because, because Dame Miller used to be a fast guy, uh, that he must've, he, he must've even got hit if he didn't make it to that spot, uh, when it was not the case. It was very, uh, there was a point in, in, in Wade's career where, uh, the athleticism had started to, to go a bit, but the refs, uh, just kept giving him a benefit of a doubt because they, and I, I think I think Lord's there. I think I think that's half the reason his stats are uh, so so high is he was he was bailed out quite a bit. Uh, and I, I think if I think if he comes in and he plays off the ball and he lets these kids rock, he lets Scoot feed him. Uh, he'll he'll average thirty points on great shooting numbers, and it'll it'll actually be <laughs> the best year of his career. And then you know he can go somewhere else, and become some team's second second best player and win a title. I don't think I, I don't think there's an easy way to trade him now. I don't think there's an easy way to get talent next to him now. I I just don't see it. I think his best move is to go and like let these kids feed him, and let these kids rock, and uh, that that's how that's how he has the way to actually end up where he wants to be. I think that's that's it for like the big stories. I will next talk to you probably next Thursday because free agency starts at three on Friday, and I'm gonna try to have like at least a mini preview of free next of free agency. Cool. All right. Stay safe, my beautiful friends. Talk to you later. Bye. I love your You're good, but I'm better. Don't stay up late. Eat all your greens now. Remember, I love you. I'll see you soon.